Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. Have you ever been ghosted? I'm not talking about on a dating app or by a friend, but have you ever been ghosted in your work life? It happens all the time. It may be the old, we should have lunch, and someone says it, you try to follow up, and they never answer your call. Or much worse, it could be you're looking for a job, and all seems to be going great. You interview with a company, maybe you interview twice, you talk to people, it seems like it's going to close, and then you get radio silence. Why do people do that? Well, our guest today has looked at why people do that, and maybe what you can do to control the situation if you do get ghosted. Her name is Christy DePaul, and she's founder and principal at Nuance. That's a thought leadership firm focused on the future of learning and the future of work. And she wrote about ghosting in the business sense for a piece in the Harvard Business Review. When I saw it, I thought it would make for a great discussion, and it does. Please stay with us. ghosting mean in a business sense and how should you handle it if it happens to you? Well, my guest today is Christy DePaul. She's the CEO of Founders, a content agency, and she's principal of Nuance, a thought leadership firm. She joins me now from Tel Aviv, Israel. Hi, Christy. Good morning, Linda. How are you? I'm just fine. Thanks for being here today. It's such an interesting topic, but I want to start with your own background because we are kind of a, a work podcast. How did you end up doing what you're doing? So I have a background having worked in education and educational strategy and seeing the ways that those intersect with the workforce was really fascinating to me. So I worked in a number of startups and some education associations, did work actually on five continents around the world, um, primarily in marketing and communications, and eventually landed on the fact that I could start my own firm. I'm doing much of the same things that I previously did for past employers. And that is what my team and I have done for the past five and a half years, which is pretty exciting. So serving organizations in the future of education and work. It's pretty cool. I, I've seen your name in the Harvard Business Review. That's where I saw this article on ghosting. So I feel like this word is something that just come into our vocabulary in this sense the past couple of years. How would you define ghosting? So ghosting, I think it entered our sort of um, our vernacular through the dating apps, uh, and that's where it became popularized. And it really refers to a conversation that has begun, and then one party just abandons that conversation, just leaves. So it's not when you would reach out to someone and not hear from them. It's already when something is, uh, when an exchange is happening, and then someone goes silent. Okay, and so we do understand this in a personal sense. I think in retrospect, we can all say, oh, you know, I think that person ghosted me or that friend kind of just disappeared from my life. But in a business sense, I think many of us have been ghosted one way or the other or maybe have ghosted somebody. Um, what are the examples? How does that happen? It can happen in a variety of ways, right? And I, I would argue that everybody listening to this podcast has been ghosted and also has ghosted somebody. I'd be very surprised if a listener has not actually ghosted someone. Um, 
examples could include uh, job applicants who just drop out of the running and a recruiter doesn't hear from them, uh, or vice versa, a recruiter who doesn't get back to job applicants when they've been part of a search process. Could also involve um, business development efforts, so outreach to a new prospect and things seem to be going really well and then all of a sudden you never hear back from the person. And anyone who is listening who is, works in sales wouldn't know that one. It's kind of like the old, let's have lunch. And, you know, you may think they really want to have lunch and they really don't. Just something you say. Yeah. And, you know, I understand. I wonder if it's easier to do it now because I'm even looking at this podcast. I get pitched all the time for guests. And sometimes they're great and they're a fit. And sometimes they're just so out of what we're doing, talking about work. It just somebody just sent out a zillion of these things that, you know, you get so much. You don't even look at everything. Technology makes it easier for us to be overwhelmed. I think if you, just as an example, if you found yourself in that situation and didn't feel like ghosting people, you could probably have some, and you might even have this already, some uh, canned messages that you could sort of copy and paste. There you go. We just get inundated with a lot of stuff. You know, I want to talk about the job search part of this because I think this is what's relevant to a lot of people. They are looking for a job. They find a good prospect. They have these great interviews. It's like everybody, you know, loves them and they're about to get this offer and then they don't hear anything. Why does that even happen? There are a variety of factors um, that could lead to that. First of all, the recruiter could, for whatever reason, have some sort of personal emergency, heaven forbid, and not be able to get back to the prospect within a week or two weeks time. I think that that's pretty rare. Um, probably more often, it's due to the fact that maybe another candidate was selected to move forward. There are lots of moving parts, especially in larger organizations, and it's difficult sometimes for recruiters to follow up with everybody who's been part of his search process, depending on how large it was. Um, the third reason, which I don't like to use a lot because it seems, it seems sort of counterintuitive, especially in the field of HR, but people might become a little bit careless when they have a lot of options. So it really depends on the kind of job market there is as well. You know, are we flooded with talent or are we really, um, are we looking for talent under every rock that we can? But I have to think this is bad management in a way. If you treat somebody like that, because they could be your candidate tomorrow, they could talk about your company. And it happens a lot. I hear these stories quite a bit, that there's all, all this interest and then it just goes away. Yeah, absolutely. In the Indeed article that I uh, uh, cited, um, there were so many people who said they'd been ghosted in the process of a job search. Um, I think the figure was close to 70% or more. And it's, it's strange, you know, in our day and age, the world is really small. And for a recruiter to sort of leave somebody hanging like that, like you said, it's not very smart because they have their own networks that they can be speaking to. And that can do an awful lot of damage. I would think any recruiter um, in 2021 should really be thinking carefully about this. Well, sometimes it's the recruiter, but sometimes it's actually the company, right? That you're talking to a large company and mm -hmm. it looks like everything's falling into place and that company just kind of goes black. And you wonder, do they not have better HR systems in place for this? And that might be the case. And if so, it is a red flag um, and it's a reason for, for a job seeker to feel maybe a little bit validated. Okay, they didn't get back to me. Possibly that is a good thing. And now I can redirect my attention and energy to other jobs, um, other possible roles that could be better for me. So if you're the person being ghosted, are there things you need to think about so you feel better about it? As you said, it validates you, but you know, in the moment, I'm sure people feel rejected. 
Yeah, undoubtedly they do, um, especially if this happens repeatedly. Uh, I would I would be considering the types of organizations that I'm applying to, especially if this seems, let's say it's been a pattern and it's happened with a couple of different organizations. If the search process has largely been uh, somewhat automated, where you've gone through the steps and it's been perfunctory on their end with not a lot of investment from their team and you've not had a lot of personal one-on-one time, I would think about the kinds of organizations that you're applying to and consider perhaps a startup or a smaller organization that might have a more personal process where you don't feel like you're just a number and somebody who can um, basically have their process abandoned midstream. When I was reading your Harvard Business Review article, you had different examples of how people get ghosted. And the one that surprised me is the not showing up for work after you got an offer. Now, I can't understand that. I can see finding a better offer, but I would always let the company know because, you know, that's courtesy. But you said there's a trend to people disappearing. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And it sort of harkens back. Yeah, to uh, office space, the the hit, uh, the cult hit of the '90s, um, where a, an employee just didn't want to show up anymore, and that's how he quit. Um, but to not show up for your first day is very odd, admittedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that I think we're seeing more and more with younger people, so folks who are part of Gen Z, um, especially also millennials. Uh, they, as you can imagine, those people aren't necessarily forthright in giving reasons as to why they didn't show up. Maybe they got cold feet just beforehand thinking about some aspect of the process that really turned them off. Um, you know, when people, uh, accept jobs, they feel very committed to it. They don't want to be known as job jumpers. Even now they don't want to accept a job and then three months later leave. So perhaps they're rationalizing it and they think "Eh, it's better for me to cut the cord now but again, I, I'm not one of those people who would ever do that. So it is mm. quite odd to think about doing that without any notice whatsoever. And as you said, this has to be a product of the economy, because if the economy is bad, I cannot imagine anyone at least not letting the employer know they're going to go elsewhere. Right. We are in a, a really interesting labor market right now where the employees have all the power in many ways. So we're seeing a lot of bold moves from applicants and they can really pick and choose. You know, I think some people would argue that's not the case, depending what field they're in and certainly for older workers or those at a disadvantage. But it's really interesting. It is very skewed to some people and not to others. Uh, I wonder if this changes, if people ghost you. Having said that, I think we get some pushback, Christy, saying this is a generational thing. I know Gen Z's Gen millennials might say, no, that's not true. We don't act like that. Is it the case that this is you know, not something that boomers or Xers would do? I think there are some pretty distinct cultural differences across the generations. And I think that millennials and Gen Z have gotten a lot of, have had to take a lot of flack um, in terms of the ways that they're different and what they prioritize. And they do place a lot of priority on flexibility and also on their values. And if something doesn't align with their values, that might be a reason that they jump ship. And I'm a member of the millennial generation, incidentally. Um, I would not ghost someone in the job process, but I can see why some of my uh, counterparts might. So it's it's very interesting that we're talking about generations, but I do think that is more likely, especially if, if we are generalizing and there's a, a younger person who perhaps doesn't have dependents, they might be more likely to not show up on the first day than someone who has a family that they're providing for, just as an example. 
Do you think that the way we recruit now is adding to this? And I say this because I just interviewed somebody who was talking about big data and recruitment and you know how it's like a machine now, less personal. Do you think this adds to the lack of courtesy, I would say, that we seem to be treating each other with? I definitely think it contributes to it, yes. It feels like a factory process. I've had friends repeatedly apply for jobs and it just seems like they're throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks versus going through something that could be much more humanized and and personal, like you said. So what are the the ways to get around this as a society or as people who are trying to, you know, create a workforce where we're not machines? Well, you're asking the really big questions and the hard ones as well. I wish I had a succinct answer to that. I mean, I I too am troubled when I see that um, AI technology is used to evaluate applicants on the one hand. But on the other, if you're the, the recruiting party, right, you're the hiring manager and you have three or 400 resumes to sift through, what do you do? So I actually think that perhaps one solution could be depending on the role, of course, uh, asking applicants to answer one or two brief questions in an essay format, getting a sense of how they might solve a problem, how they think. Um, Again, if you have 200 people doing that, that is going to be a heavy lift, but it might help you to find more like higher quality candidates earlier in the process and also get to know people rather than just sifting through resumes and, and numbers that don't really represent who they are. Yeah, it's kind of a broader problem than just the labor force, too. As you said, it started with the dating apps and uh, the way we meet people in general. Do you think we're going to get better or worse here? Um, I think it's going to depend a bit on shifts in the labor market. So if, if things continue as they are for job seekers and people have their pick of roles, then I think we're going to see more ghosting. Uh, the, the other piece of this is personal branding. Right. So all of us, we each have a personal brand, even if we're not very active on social media, we do exist on the Internet, every single one of us as professionals. So I think that there may be repercussions that we just aren't seeing yet because this is an earlier trend in the professional world. But I do think that people will start to see um, some issues from ghosting and that might deter others from doing it. But I do see it continuing for sure. Well, let's see what happens. I don't think this is one of the positive trends we're getting out of this hot labor market. Christy, thank you so much for talking to me today. My pleasure, Linda. Thank you. Christy DePaul is the CEO of Founders and the Principal of Nuanced. Well, that's it for today. If you'd like to know more about Christy and her work, please take a look at our show notes. You'll find some links there, including the link to the article about ghosting. Now, if you'd like to connect with me, I'm on Twitter at at Relentless If you did enjoy this conversation, please take a moment, leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll really help people find us and help us continue these discussions around the future of work. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks as always to Stokely Audio for audio production. To learn more about work and the future and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at theworkandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work in the Future podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production.